It's as a globe which centers the Arctic, or a wine cellar vintaged by place, not age, when wretched winter, to eyes unaccustomed, might turn without its page. See the once white valley be villained by buds, its long glaciered river a teeming with suds, and quiet betrayed by a thaw native mantis, who springs to a petal and asks, may I wear this? Hey everyone, welcome back to Soul Scene. This week we're talking about the care of garments as well as the end of life for your clothes. Pretty much everything that happens after you make the clothes, wear the clothes, buy it, and perhaps spill some ketchup on it, let's say that. Mm. So tell me about the poem. The poem I was really proud of this week because you gave me the, the break last week. I guess it was the two weeks of recuperation. Mm-hmm. Brought me back to my to my literary senses. So proud that I read it to you earlier in the week on a fit of inspiration. I was like, look how good this is. And you kind of blanked me. You didn't really give me the, the reception that I've come to expect, which is um, undying praise. Mm. But anyway, the poem is kind of about perception, which I think today's episode will be touching on quite a bit. And I guess a little bit trying to dismantle or, or re-examine the way that we look at clothes. Because what I have written on my notes for like the title of this week's episode is end of life but end of life really is not to get too kind of hippie with it but who's to say you know what i mean like if you zoom out then winter isn't really the end of a year we just kind of it's semi-arbitrary that we start in january Mm -hmm. or that the globes always look the way they do or maps let's say when we consider materials and it's why i like the term circularity circular Mm -hmm. economy which i think we'll be touching on Later, I think it's always helpful to try and see things from fresh angles. That's kind of what the poem gets at. I like that. And I think today our goal is to bring some of those angles to people's awareness when considering their own closet, yeah. their own spills, yeah. stains. Because I guess I guess the point is that winter to spring, like winter seems like such a dead like end of the year, like, oh, that's the end. But then spring, to a lot of people's eyes, might include it as the most beautiful season. Yeah. But that happens naturally. We don't have to do anything for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas with materials, we kind of do need to do that ourselves, or it will take many, many years. Yeah, that's a really great point. I watched a video this week with Wendy, is the name of the YouTube channel, and she sews, upcycles, and she made herself the goal of thrifting some items and flipping them into designer pieces basically looking at runway looks yeah and recreating them using thrifted pieces so she went to the thrift store and bought a black dress with stains all over it but the designer look had these cutouts that were like lined with bias tape and made into look like flowers but it's like someone obviously looked at this dress and was like it's literally covered in stains like i have no use for it but then she saw it and found a way to not just give a new life, but literally make it kind of like spring, something brand new and something mm. wonderful. So you're saying that's the wonderful, you might say. Mm. That's the solo scene recommends for this week? Yeah, with Wendy. I'm going to actually give the whole solo scene recommends, I'll hijack yours and just add on your entire YouTube subscription list. Because I feel like they're all, <laughs> they're all in this space of upcycling, giving clothes new life. Pretty much everybody that you subscribe to has a video entitled that, probably, <laughs> except for solo scene. Until today. Until today, yeah. Stains are also a really funny topic because we're like 12 episodes into the fashion semester. And I think for the most part, it's all been 
kind of abstract or theoretical the discussions we've been having conceptual let's say where stains are so such an ugly side of things like mm-hmm. it's such a real unfashionable thing that you will never hear people really talk about in terms mm-hmm. of like sustainability or the fashion industry but it's such a prominent at least in my experience such a prominent part of things yeah and also it links these two topics that we are discussing today which is the garment care and the end of life because when you, as you already mentioned, that that anecdote, when you wander through thrift stores, what you find, like a big part of most of the reason that the clothes are there is because there's just a stain on them. Mm-hmm. And obviously people didn't know what to do. And so they're like, I'll just put it here. Hopefully somebody else will either not care about it or know what to do. Mm-hmm. I have an iconic stain story, which is the ketchup. Do you remember the ketchup that I had? If I say the words fish shirt. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. Yeah, Aaron doesn't eat ketchup. Probably once a year he does. And on the day he ate ketchup a few years ago, he chose to wear a white shirt. Really cool. Like a shirt that I will forever covet. Yeah, we called it the fish shirt. Yeah, it had fish on it. (laughs) Pretty sweet. But then you got ketchup on it. But you came to the rescue because it was at your apartment and I was initially like, oh, there goes another shirt. Mm -hmm. Like in this most defeatist way. And you're like, we can save it. And (laughs) you like instinctively ran and started i don't know putting together some witch's brew and somehow <laughs> you salvaged it though it took about 10 minutes yeah but i guess it's the immediate action for stains i think the immediate action that reminds me there's an episode of curb your enthusiasm where the main character learns that seltzer like sparkling water will take out blood stains <laughs> so his wife is in like something happens to her and she's bleeding and he's like instead of comforting her and being like oh my gosh you're bleeding he's mm. like soda water and just like runs around like runs i think all the way to the store and just leaves his wife there <laughs> bleeding because <laughs> he's so focused on getting the stain out instead of actually helping the person that's not the solicitor recommends of abandoning your loved ones but it's true immediate action is important yeah and i was thinking with stains and with tears as well if you act as soon as it happens it can solve it from turning into a bigger problem which I feel like often happens with stains and tears. Yeah. Maybe we're sounding a little bit too kind of Martha Stewart about like how to deal with things immediately. I have an actual recipe for later. Oh. So like it's going to be pretty Martha Stewart <laughs> from my end. I guess my solo scene points about stains were reiterating what you said last week about reviving the apron. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is key because yeah. a lot of stains are food stains or cooking stains or whatever, oil. Also reiterating my point from i want to say episode two of the semester of the almanac remember Mm. i said everyone could have a a clothes almanac or a fashion almanac in the home that just tells you things i feel like if you just had a stain catalog for sure because i have no idea what the difference is between oil and ketchup and blood who knows what else toothpaste Mm -hmm. i don't know how to deal with these things but maybe if i could reference a book and someone might say there's the internet and i'd be like why is this that's not soul. It's true. Also, if you look it up on the internet, you're probably just going to get the wrong information, I feel like. Hmm. I feel like we've reached a point with the internet where something's as simple as, like, how do I get an oil stain out? You would just have, like, 15 different answers, none of which <laughs> are probably actually right. Yeah. And then you have to spend an hour trying to decipher it, use your critical reading skills. And right. It's like, I just need, like, this should be an easy answer. But I feel like there's just so much... That's back to the internet semester, but... Yeah. And then my other point about this was patching mm-hmm. and even re-dyeing. 
mm. like dyeing clothes again. Yeah. Or tie dyeing or something like that. I feel like that's a, a soasine way around it because sometimes I would say most often stains just you don't even notice them initially. Yeah, like so often sure. we'll just pluck clothes out the out the washing machine and be like, What? Yeah. Like that's always a response like what? Mm. I've bought things from the thrift store and I'm pretty thorough when I buy things to look them over and assess does this have a hole that I can mend, like figure out if I want to buy it sort of thing. But I've full on bought them, brought them home and then realized there's like a hole or a stain on the cuff or somewhere like right. weird. But yeah, you don't even notice them. And sometimes I think because I've been noticing that, that I will have clothes with holes or stains that I don't even notice for weeks. Like other people also probably aren't going to notice them. Mm. However, I saw this guy on the internet and tell me how you feel about this. And he said it's obvious making, what did he, he had a horrible name for it, but some kind of like, you have a shirt with stain on it, instead of just like trying to get the stain out or throwing away the shirt, he says, embroider, look at this stain with an arrow. No. And I'm like, this is just tacky. Yeah, tacky. But that's <laughs> like, what I was saying. I mean, you can, I, I don't mind the kind of cobbled together sustainability aesthetic, which is mm -hmm. like deliberately uh, not hiding, let's say, patches on the elbows or you know, yeah. elbow patches. Like, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of attention seeking. Yeah. I think if you're going to mend something, try and make it look nicer. I don't. What's your favorite stain? I knew you were going to ask me this, <laughs> but I <laughs> I can't think of my favorite stain. Oh, There's one easy. stain that I had on a pair of pants that after like a year just came out. Mine's bleach stains. Okay. Because they, those look designy. Mm. You know what I mean? That's true. In a lot of cases. Yeah, I've had things that it has such a pattern on it that it blends in. It adds to it. Yeah. Apparently the woman who kind of popularized the summer dress, she worked at an orange juice stand and noticed that her dresses were getting a bunch of orange juice on them and like staining. So she started designing them in these really ornate patterns to like mm. blend in the orange juice stains. And I really liked that philosophy. And then she became a very famous designer from I, her orange juice stand. I actually might change it from bleach stains to brass stains, which used Ooh. to be the absolute bane of my parents' existence because I would <laughs> just be constantly knee sliding on grass. I don't yeah. know why I was obsessed with that and rolling around. But they look kind of cool. Unfortunately, adults don't really roll with them. It's but really I guess true. in terms of like closing this discussion on stains, which is probably already stretched on too long <laughs> um with scars right on human skin mm -hmm. i feel like those have reached a level where most people will say wear them yeah. those look interesting you know your scars tell your story something like that mm. harry potter pirates right like there's a general kind of that's neat yeah stains it's a general kind of that's dirty mm -hmm. so do you think in the solo scene that will change or do you think we'll just be better at dealing with stains or a bit of both bit of both for sure because mm. i think there's no point in like purposely staining yeah, your clothes yeah you don't want to be walking around with the mustard yeah but i think <laughs> obviously like it's not going to remain bright yellow it's going to just kind of be like a slightly different version yeah. of the color the shirt is i think just we'll roll with it a bit more but also yeah the treatment because the treatment of a lot of stains is quite easy it's just knowing but how it to needs do to be it. quick yeah like it's not even enough like it, i think usually even if you say well wait till i get home the toast yeah you can get little pens stained pens. Pens. pens yeah i think it was a few years ago that there was a hot wing 
of frozen chicken wing, uh, or maybe like a restaurant that released a shirt, a shirt that was pre-stained. Okay. It was like a white shirt with red yeah, all over it. Yeah, sounds gross to me. To no, be but the let me explain. <laughs> the the idea was so that if you stain it or when you stain it, mm-hmm. so this can just be a wing shirt. That's a really disgusting idea, right? It's there's something about being being a grown man or woman. <laughs> Being slobbish <laughs> is not, I think, a solacine Unless you have a bib. Philosophy. Bibs are solacine? Was the last not time you wore Not for adults. It? You wore When I was probably two. Right. But yeah. you do that thing with the napkin sometimes. No, I don't. Uh, I put it on my lap sometimes. Yeah. I think that's kind of the classy way. Mm-hmm. But mine's the kind of tuck in. You have no. to say tuck in. I just, just don't. <laughs> so going from stains to washing. Mm-hmm. Washing. What a fascinating thing that we do. And my first note is yowza, by hand, not easy. It's true. You always see them in cartoons and old TV shows, mm-hmm. westerns, the woman in the river with the washboard. Yeah. The washboard, that's such a bizarre thing. Have you ever held one of those? I have. I've never Very held bumpy. one. The time that I tried to wash my clothes by hand was in the bathtub. Mm-hmm. There was no prompting. It's not like our washing machine broke. I just thought, I'm going to do this to try and be soacene. Mm-hmm. It was an early experiment in soacening. And... How long did it take for a regular load of laundry? Enough time for me to watch Citizen Kane. Mm. That's what I was doing while I... I see. Did the course. I think if you got better at it, maybe your time would... Yeah. Cut down a bit. But what I'm saying is, I think it's silly to be doing this by choice in the solo scene. Mm -hmm. Also, when I looked up washboard on the internet, it says, Wikipedia said, it's better known now for its secondary use as a musical instrument. And I was like, yeah. is it? I never heard of that. You never heard of the washboard? No, not as an Maybe instrument. Maybe afterwards we'll have to watch a little bit of a video. I've heard of washboard abs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's the second secondary use. <laughs> it's true. I think washing, so I think we're going to differ on this one. I think we will wash our clothes more by hand in the soul scene. I think washing machines are kind of soul. I'm going to put it out there. Really? Yeah, I think they're kind of soul. Laundromats have a lot of soul. Laundromats do, but I think... Tumble dryers don't. Tumble dryers are soulless, I think. Mm. Because, I I mean, I guess this is kind of, um, maybe it's a little bit played out of me, but I, I just think we can wash them in the washing machine mm-hmm. and dry them in the air. Yeah, well, drying takes a part of about 6% of your energy usage every month. It's a lot. Which is like, yeah, a chunk. For so, something that really is just speeding up what would already happen. It's fast air. Fast air, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine. And wait, wh- why do you think the washing by hand? You can differ. Well, I just think it. Well, one thing is you can wash your clothes way less, so then it wouldn't take. Yeah, I like, mean, your we loads both agree smaller, on that. Right? I think I think we wash our clothes too often, and I don't even think it's a hygiene thing that in the sewing we'll have lower standards. Mm-hmm. I just think it straight up doesn't need. Like you would not notice. Yeah. In most cases, unless you're working out in something or you've worn it like mm-hmm. for 13 hours, I think it's it's just like people wash it with everywhere because it's the done thing. Yeah, and it's also like it feels weird to like put a pair of jeans that have been worn back with the other clean jeans. It doesn't to me. I like it. Jeans yeah. is, I mean, jeans, aren't they supposed to be like once a year or something? Once a year. Yeah, because they're like kind of antimicrobial on their own. Same with merino wool. Jeans, apparently, you can also put in the freezer. I guess a good point about washing the clothes by hand versus in the washing machine is that we want the clothes in the sewing machine to be of a higher quality. Yeah. And so maybe we want to be a little bit less rough with them. Exactly. And when you wash them by hand, they last longer. 
Yeah. Because in the washing machine, they're basically just like feet. Yeah, it's a throwback to pre-washboard. Mm-hmm. They used to slap it against rocks, right? Yeah. And it said the reason the washboard uh, was popularized is because it was less rough on them. Yeah, I've washed clothes with rocks before. And how? When are you doing all this them? stuff? In the <laughs> When you were with the Amish? <laughs> how do you know about all this? I want to say I was camping, needed to wash our clothes. So you did what? Just like scrubbed them against a rock. With no water or anything? Yeah, like by a river. A little bit of soap, like a ham bar of soap, and then scrub, scrub on the rock. Wouldn't the rock be dirty? I have to ask that. No, not if it's in the river. Oh, it was a river rock. River rock. rock. Okay. Yeah. But then I just got a a hole in it. Big sea snail? Could have been. So the rock was so rough that you put a hole in the clothes. Yeah, but I was probably also too rough. We have to learn how to (laughs) hand wash our clothes. And now it's time for my recipe. Apparently, you can make a little spritz to like kill bacteria in between wears, and it's good for outerwear sweaters things that is like maybe you sweat in but like you don't really want to wash it so you can spritz it with a solution of one and a half cups of water half of a cup of some kind of like alcohol rubbing alcohol and then a little bit of essential oil if you want and you just spritz spritz and it kills the bacteria nice so like maybe i'll get into that yeah i mean i also had the note about detergent because even though i think washing machines are sole i think store-bought detergent is soulless yeah a lot of these machines are made so they don't work with handmade detergent i learned oh, i can imagine because i wanted to make my own detergent instead of buying it in the big tubs yeah or the 20 dollars sheets you can buy mm. i was like there must be a cheaper and more sustainable way to do this but it's like because they're hg whatever that means they don't homegrown yeah they don't work with homemade detergent 700 million plastic jugs of detergent sold annually in the usa wow about 70 percent of which goes straight to landfills mm. and if i could just tell that because they seem yeah. like every time you have one you're like, what do i do with this so thick so thick so heavy wash it out and recycle it i mean that's what we do but it's, yeah most people aren't doing this and that's even true. if you do i'm sure it's not a good like it'd be mm-hmm. better just to not have it at all sorry tide <laughs> <laughs> yeah the anti-solicing company yep i learned about guppy bags i think i've mentioned these things before the microplastics yeah yeah of like but then i didn't know like the brand that made them because there's only really one existing type of these things but you can buy these things called guppy bags as in save the guppy fish that you put your synthetics in to wash to avoid the microplastics going into the waterways and a few notes on the solacine is any new clothes in your current life to be more solacine should not be synthetic if possible I, not even if possible. They shouldn't be synthetic because don't need them. Yeah, hard to find these days. Though. Yeah. And in the solar scene, there just won't be synthetics because we don't want any more microplastics in our blood or the blood of life, the oceans. But you can get a guppy bag. You can. Yeah. You should. Because you shouldn't throw out all your synthetics. You should clothes. get one for your fleece. Patagonia fleece. You're right. It sheds so much. Just keep it even when I'm wearing it. Just get a yeah. giant guppy bag. You mentioned before about how the internet, like it can be unreliable to find things regarding stains. Yeah. And I was trying to research why when you hang dry clothes, they are so crusty. Mm. And the best example or the best answer that I could find, even though there were several, is that it's minerals from the water, the water itself. So I think my hypothesis is that if you were using, say, distilled water, it wouldn't, it wouldn't get, get like crusty. that. Yeah. Hmm. 
But obviously in the tumble dryer, they don't get crusty. When you hang them outside, so there's breeze, they mm. don't get crusty because the winds and the heat, even when you iron them, it, it breaks it down. It's only when you hang them still indoors mm. that it's, you know, the crust I'm talking about. And yeah, it's I not mean, even like it's the worst thing ever because you can wear it and then it's fixed. But it raises the question of ironing. Where do you mm. stand on that in the sewer scene? Well, my first thought is just like, my goal is always to store clothes so they don't get wrinkled in the first place. Yeah. So like when you hang them to dry or put them in the drying machine, then just hang them up or fold them so they don't get wrinkly. Yeah, I'm going to put my, my family on blast here because I don't think they listen to the podcast anyway. You know what I'm going to say though. Yeah. In that we had this absurd cycle my entire childhood. I don't know why both my parents are incredibly wedded to the idea that everything needs to be ironed all the time. Yeah. But it... it it dragged the process of four kids' clothes all being washed and dried and mm-hmm. returned to the bedrooms. It like it over doubled the the well, lifespan. Yeah. So we just Ironing's had this hard. this infinite pile that was called the ironing pile. Mm-hmm. So the process was we'd wash the clothes, fold them for the ironing pile, where they would inevitably in the weeks there get kind of wrinkly. Yeah, iron them. And well, it's like, the thing with like most of the clothes we wear, especially for kids, they don't they're get all soft, wrinkly. Right? Like yeah. I understand it if you're wearing crispy clothes, as we call them. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, sweatpants, t-shirts, is the uniform, and the sewer scene it won't be for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think ironing, like, it's weirdly fun. I yeah. I'm always with that. I always used to be jealous because every morning, Sunday morning for church, my dad would get to iron his clothes. Mm. But like because I was a kid and hung up a lot of my dresses, like yeah. They didn't get wrinkly, and I'd sometimes ask if I could iron it still. Just I was actually like going to mention the idea of the Sunday best because yeah. I was I was reading a bit about the Japanese kimonos mm-hmm. and how they had this very specific way of storing them that I thought okay. was really funny. Like quite often they would buy a specific chest for the kimono, hmm. and Sunday best is a fun, like a, a nice thing to have. Yeah, and also it's the fact that ironing through history it's kind of a, a status symbol of. We don't want to crease our clothes. Even mm-hmm. today, I think, like with with sneakers, there's a lot of people who it's like, oh, if you got the crease, you know, <laughs> you don't want to see that. Yeah. But maybe there's a something to be said for the fact that because our world today is so dominated by sloth, and you don't have to be the absolute one percent to spend all day sitting and not doing anything, having creases is kind of a, I don't know, a cool status. That's a good point. Creases are the new cool. Creases are cool. That's creasy. That could be a solacine, solacine cool because eco never really caught on, right? Creasy. Okay. Okay. My final point on caring for your garments is considering the care when you buy them. This is kind of obvious. Like a lot of people won't buy dry clean only clothes because it's like, I'm not going to bring them to the dry cleaner. Do you know what dry cleaning is, by the way? Yeah. Because I was looking for this week and it blew my mind a lot of chemicals yeah it's crazy i thought it was like i don't know why i always thought it was a very zen practice but it seems not very no it's like super unsustainable (laughs) it's bad for the environment don't like and a lot of clothes that say dry clean only like you can just hand wash them so it just means it dry clean only kind of means don't be dumb is that kind of it's like actually pay attention to how you're taking care of this don't slap them against rocks yeah and like there's some materials like some forms of silk actually can't get wet like with water but even then just like just look into it because Mm -hmm. you don't need to bring it to the dry cleaners 
And if you absolutely must, find a sustainable one. Sustainable dry cleaners. Yeah. Fun fact about ironing. Hit me. <laughs> I guess it's not that fun. But apparently up to 40,000 years ago, people were ironing. Wow. They would use hot rocks to smooth out animal hides. Oh, okay. So it's like, I feel like people weren't that concerned about like their loincloths being <laughs> 40,000. Speak for yourself. <laughs> but that makes sense, especially with animal hides. Okay, I have a quote to kind of hinge into the next part of the episode. It's by Summer Rain Oaks. Do you know who that is? Summer Rain Oaks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading it out now for the first time. And it sounds... It's a Soasian name, wouldn't you say? Definitely. Yeah, Rain is spelled like R-A-Y-N-E. No. What's wrong with that? Anyway, so she's apparently known as the world's first eco-model. Okay. She's an entrepreneur and author of Style Naturally. And I didn't... I mean, it is what it is. But I like this quote. It says... <laughs> One day we'll wake up and green will not be the new black, it will be the new invisible. Meaning, no longer will sustainable be the exception or something that's considered au courant. Instead, it will be a matter of course, something that all designers incorporate into their design ethos. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was kind of neat. It was a quote from a few years ago, but I think like these things happen faster than people say. You know, like people say, yeah. oh, someday it will get like this. It's like, but if sustainability in fashion is already such a big thing now... Mm -hmm. The two randos in Montreal are talking about it on their podcast. Yeah. That it's not going to be like in the distant, distant future that it's yeah. a normative thing. Like, I think looking at 15 years, like 15, 20 years, because even if someone said to you, Oh, I have a new sustainable streetwear brand, you know, mm -hmm. it's all about zero waste and circularity, you'd kind of, you wouldn't roll your eyes, but it's not, ex it's not exactly cutting edge ideas anymore, mm -hmm. even though it's still a good thing. Yeah, for sure. But I liked that. Uh, Green will be the new invisible. Yeah, I like, like that. It's just part of the, the ethos. Yeah, I'm going to start using that saying of like, this will be the new invisible. Yeah, you have to quote Summer. Summer. You have to yeah. cite her every time. And the garment of the week for today's episode, I don't have it on me because I'm not quite sure where it is, but I thought it would be a good lead in to our discussion of end of life. In my family, we just call it the sock shirt. Do you know about the sock shirt? Sock shirt. Yes. Maybe no. I was too embarrassed to tell you about this. So this is a shirt that I made. Oh. Out of socks. Right. That's very Aaron. Yeah. It was similar to washing the clothes by hand. It was one of my first forays into solar seamless. Wait, so this was... Yeah, it was probably 1920. I was oh. at home. Uh, in, in so the... we were together. Yeah, and we were together. Told you about the oh, sock I didn't shirt. tell you about it. No. So it really didn't turn out very well. And okay. that's why I don't have it on me. It is a Franken shirt, a monstrosity, and it was worn one time by myself. I had a distinct difficulty putting it on and even more of a difficulty mm. getting out of it. And you might be saying, but Aaron, you can't sew. And that's correct. I can't. But in my family home, I had this free labor, which was my two younger sisters, mm. one of whom was probably 13, 14 at the time. She can sew. Yeah. And I put her up to it. <laughs> so shout out to her for making the sock shirt. It was on a mannequin, which Whoa. we just had in our, you know, my houses. Like you yeah. never know. It's kind of like one of those. It's a house of horrors, really. You <laughs> never know what you're going to find. <laughs> we, have, we have the ironing pile, the mannequin, <laughs> the, ch the child labor. Yeah, the child labor. But the sock shirt. So it was made with all my old socks. Okay. So I was like, I'm not going to use these anymore because a lot of them were, were football socks. It's obviously really long. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, I'm not going to play this anymore. So I'm just going to okay. slice them and slice them all into squares and basically try oh, to it's not horrible. arrange something like the I, my heart was in the right place. Yeah, for sure. But if you'd seen the shot, you'd, you'd disagree. You'd say this is a creature of Yeah, it's Satan. not coming from the heart. It's coming from the depths of, <laughs> <laughs> depths of somewhere back. Yeah, it looks like some kind of gothic horror spawned from the, <laughs> the collective okay. imagination of, of upcyclers. But I thought that was kind of a, a good lead-in because it's about, you know, it's in the same genre maybe as a Kool-Aid bag. And we're not really a big fan of the Kool-Aid bag either. No. Which for people who don't know is like a literal purse made out of Kool-Aid bags that we were always shown in elementary school by like touring, I don't know, recyclers. Recyclers, like, This is yeah. so cool. Look at this, guys. Ooh, bracelet made out of like fruit roll-ups. And we'd be like... Eh. Yes. For anyone listening, if there's any of you out there, tell us if you had the touring recyclers, if you had any relationship with the... Kool-Aid bags. I'd love to know if it was just a rural Nova Scotia thing or if it actually transcends. Yeah, I think it was probably nationwide as well as a little dancing compost bin. Yeah. But also, this reminds <laughs> me, that's upcycling. But... That explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way it imprinted us? Yeah. yeah. the propaganda works, some people might yeah. say. But again, to shout out one of your YouTubers, something that I really like the idea of actually as I sometimes watch the videos over your shoulder or just passively um, absorb them is the t-shirt thread yep i'd never heard of that before but mm. i think that's such a neat thing because it's an it's a way of actually doing it by hand without much skill really yeah that doesn't look like a kool-aid bag mm -hmm. maybe you can explain the t-shirt thread well it's yarn yeah like, yarn. as long as you know how to crochet or knit you then take t-shirts and you cut them into strips and you can kind of cut it in a way that's like a continuous strip yeah. and then you have yarn and you tie the pieces together and you literally just make anything out of it and yeah. it doesn't look Bizarre. Yeah, it just looks pretty much like it was made out of a slightly chunky yarn, but yeah, like chunky. still cool. So I really liked that idea because it's, you know, usually when you hear about recycling materials, as in breaking them down, you're like, oh, yeah. that sounds like a really high level and maybe water intensive or energy intensive process. Mm -hmm. But this yeah. just needs a pair of scissors and a DIY tutorial on YouTube. Yeah. Did your grandmother or parents have rag rugs? No. So it was a thing probably in the 60s that people would make rugs out of rags or just like old clothes, another word for rags. And I was always so fascinated by them because it's it's similar to the t-shirt thread that it's like it doesn't look like old clothes because it's multicolored rugs, kind of woven, kind of just like twisted and braided. Okay. So just look up rag rugs. They look so cool. Sounds so Such awesome. a cool texture. Maybe we'll try and make one just for fun. Yeah, sounds creasy. I think part of the problem is it sounds a little bit like greasy, greasy yeah. which isn't isn't cool, isn't eco or cool. Yeah, thrifting though, because this is also where I was getting up with the sock shirt, because I think sometimes we don't know what to do with these, especially kids' clothes that are maybe like a maybe it's a sports thing or maybe it's like a sentimental thing. It's like, well, these are going to sit in the closet. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to pass them down. Maybe it's also kind of gross, like socks. Mm -hmm. So you don't really know. And so I was thinking about the concept of the grossness. Or the ick, mm -hmm. I think the kids would say these days. Yeah. Which most young people don't feel regarding thrifting. Yeah, like that's remarkable. That's gone away, right? Mm -hmm. But like my parents, for instance, or I think a lot of older generations have a distinct reservation about like, why would I want to wear somewhere else's clothes? They could have, they could have died in that or something. Like you never know. Yeah. Like, that's kind of gross. And I actually, like to be honest, I'm not 100% 
cool with that idea of wearing thrifted clothes that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do it and I'm fine with like, especially tops, but I, I do feel a bit of a reservation regarding trousers. Yeah, there's I mean, I know a few you things I've seen stuff, though but. at the thrift store and like that, something, something's off about that. Yeah, there was a raccoon wearing that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but usually you can kind of tell. And like, I have a lot of faith in soap. Maybe that's, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's old fashioned of me, but. <laughs> but but when you think about it, like, it's funny because so much of the Gen Z stuff is just going back to normal human nature. Like that, that yeah. distaste for hand-me-downs or thrifted mm. clothes, like that is an artificial modern um, development. Yeah. So the Gen Z thing about being comfortable with it, like mm-hmm. the stat I had about Gen Z and thrift, it's like thrift is a $28 billion industry. Mm-hmm. And... One website that I saw said that it's set to eclipse fast fashion by 2029. Really? Yeah, which I don't 100% believe, but it, obviously it is catching up to some yeah. extent, and that's a good thing. And 40% of it is Gen Z. Like Depop, which is a mm. website, the biggest thrift website, I think, um, 90% of its users are under the age of 26, Wow, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Speaking of thrift and dead people... There's a in Ghana. There's a market called Cantamanto Market, okay. and it is Ghanaian for dead white man's clothes. And so this right. is a giant market that spans blocks, just a giant chunk of the city, where people import thrifted like the clothes that the thrift stores don't sell. Mm. They send them there, and a very strange thing. Yeah, but it's just like where. We don't think about this. You send it to the thrift okay. store and then it's like, but they can't sell everything. So you're talking about this is the end of end of life. The end of end of life. And this industry in Ghana, and it, it happens all over Africa and a lot of countries. We just kind of ship our stuff. And it's like, obviously, yeah, they can sell it and make money off of it. But there's no guarantee for quality. And people, so there's like importers and they'll buy a container, like a shipping container of clothes. Mm. And pay up to $95,000 for the shipping container. And it's kind of like, why are they paying to import waste? For it all one sounds thing? very shady. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, in the market, whatever they can't sell is then sent to landfills. And in Ghana, right near this market, there is a, a newly developed landfill that should have lasted about 15 years. Like, that's kind of how landfills are measured of like how long they're supposed to last for a city but because of the new industry of this market it only lasted about four years wow so it just filled up really quickly and because of these landfills needing to be developed people are being displaced a lot of the clothes are being burnt i think there's like one or two days a week where they just kind of burn piles of clothes so the air quality is super bad and it's just kind of like you have to think about the end of end of life when you're donating, getting rid of your clothes. And in the soul scene, there will be t- like things just get to a point where you can't mend them, can't wear them. Yep. Maybe you just don't want to. Like, not everyone's always going to be out here making sock shirts, even in the soul scene. But that, that was kind of my point with the sock shirt versus t shirts, right? Also, it's like, yeah. sock shirt, like, that's not a practical thing. Like, yeah. I, I understand it makes for good BuzzFeed articles about 15 things to do with your old pair of Levi's. And it's like mm-hmm. a coaster that looks like a denim pocket, but it's like nobody yeah. wants that really. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody really wants that. It's true. So it's about finding ways that aren't like the onus isn't really on the 
consumer in terms of they have to find creative ways to yeah. deal with their like falling apart pair of jeans i think it's i mean it sounds again kind of a passe thing but it's so much more just about reduce mm-hmm. just like don't buy so many things yeah like reduce yeah. the demand and then they'll stop being yeah. made like if we just straight up cut out Shein, h&m walmart clothes amazon basics or something i'm willing to bet that would like <laughs> that would help it like 25 percent or something yeah i think Another thing about textile waste and like end of life is in studios that are making clothes, about 15% of like the imported squares of fabric that you then cut out the patterns and make clothes out of just ends up on the floor. So it's like it's literally just made and then thrown out. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing in between. So a very Solacene idea that I love is like zero waste pattern making. Uh, And this has been, this is similar to like what you were saying with thrifting. It's like this is just kind of what we used to do yeah and like this is not that old of like designing patterns to either be cut out of a square or to be it's kind of like when i was talking about the gusset the other day it's like you tuck the fabric in so that it can then be used to change the size of the garment Mm -hmm. but just like be smart about how you use your fabric is there any way of you know how like what you just said about 15 percent of it ending up on the floor like you don't even Mm -hmm. use it it reminds me of in when you're cooking and you have all the vegetable scraps. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make a stock from this. Is there any kind of fabric stock that you can make? Well, you can break it down. There's a lot of fabrics, especially natural ones. You know how like with paper, you can use the scraps and make handmade paper? Yeah, you can, can do that. You can do that. You break down the fibers back into just like the fibers. And then you can re-spin it into wool. But another two ideas I had, solstein ideas. One is knitting. So just like instead of making squares of fabric, just in, like... Like the t-shirt thread. Yeah, weaving it into the shape that you need instead of mm-hmm. cutting. And then also some kind of solacing technology that can make the fabric just in the shapes already. Then you can skip the cutting step. Ooh. Because as a seamstress, that's my least favorite step, the cutting. Because one, it feels sad to waste anything. And two, yeah, it's just time consuming. So some kind of solacing futuristic technology that just like cuts the, like not cuts, weaves the fabric in the shape that you need it exciting yeah i had another i had just a list of solar scene ideas fun solar scene ideas slash practices and the first one is traveling dudes with big backpacks is what i've written so this is like your cobblers your hatters and then i spent probably 90 seconds trying to think of a word for a cobbler but for trousers and for t-shirts and what i came up with was Trousinos and shirtsmen. So you don't mean tailors. You mean before I realized oh, okay. that the the word is tailors, <laughs> and that I <laughs> shirtsmen and trousinos, but <laughs> threaders. Okay. I don't know threaders. Maybe they collect scraps and do something with them. Mm-hmm. This it sounds kind of like in the Maze Runner or that genre of young adult dystopian <laughs> where they had to come up with a noun for everything. There'd be like a big yeah. dinner table, and they're like, "This we call this a skate park." <laughs> there's no reason why Hold maybe, the dirty spoon yeah <laughs> but these guys should come back into vogue for sure yeah. and most of it is because we wear shoes now that we just expect their sneakers so it's like well they'll wear out in two years or 18 mm-hmm. months and then there's no fixing them and there isn't really to be honest so i think it's about changing what we wear how many things we own because like my basic point it's again 
I wanted to come up with more exciting kind of Soasini ways around this. Yeah. But they're just, it's just about having less and having them be nicer things. So yeah. I think it's just about making clothes feel less disposable. Yeah, I think we can also make them modular. Yeah, modular clothes. In the design, like... The but like shoe, old school leather shoes, mm -hmm. they are modular in their yeah, design. Yeah, exactly. But sneakers are not. You can't do anything with mm -hmm. them. You can't resold them or exactly. get new uppers or whatever. Another one ahead is family crests or place crests. <laughs> okay. Because I feel like this is a fun way of making anything look creasy look okay. cool look eco because it's kind of like a positive or localized version of branding yeah you know people would say like oh there could be a nike swoosh on a paper bag and people would buy it mm -hmm. and there is and people do but if it was like your family crest yeah. then you sew one of those on over a tiny stain or something like that then all of a sudden you're just repping your heritage yeah i think it's like Gorilla gardening, you know, we talked about that, just like planting flowers and seeds, <laughs> kind of like roguely. I like gorilla embroidery, just like kind of yeah, little flowers. Little it's like it's never going to look that bad to have a little flower on your pants mm. or a little, yeah, you can get creative with embroidery. Yeah, my other idea was you already mentioned it, but clothes that grow with you, yes. especially for kids, because so many, the stat I had, almost 200 million items of kids' clothing are thrown out annually, just straight mm -hmm. to the landfill. And this checks out because if you like, this is just a case with every family home that I've ever seen. It's like they're always just bags of things because mm -hmm. you have to buy them, but they're never going to fit for more than like a month. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, just somehow making them maybe with the gussets that I think you uh, you mentioned. Yeah. It's a bit harder with shoes, obviously, but... There's already shoes that, yeah, you can get for kids zero to three and like they just kind of... Stretch. It's yeah. fun. Super cool. So we've seen technologies or something like that. Yeah. And another one is clothes that are this sounds counterintuitive but clothes that are made to break down fast i'm mm -hmm. not talking about this on a wide level but i think this is a really fun idea nike did a shoe like a decade ago i think that was called the nike mayfly and the advertising on it was literally like this will last 100 wears and then it will mm -hmm. fall apart interesting and I, I like the idea about like maybe it just grows with the seed like maybe there's there'll be a plant that we can engineer in the solar scene that just grows <laughs> socks okay it's just like these little ferns or these little leaves that are in the shape of socks, they have some kind of elasticity to them. Interesting. You can just wear them and then they'll just rot. Like maybe they're rotting. They're not rotting on your body. Maybe they're starting the process. <laughs> That's so gross. No, but, but so maybe funny. there's something like... Obviously, we usually talk about clothes that should be made to last. Mm -hmm. But also key is like ones that will break down. Yeah. So maybe not everyone's going to be affording like leather and wool and really well-made cotton all the time mm -hmm. so you can just have your plant socks That's that awesome. sounds really kind of classist i think but i would wear it anyway also a small thing i think companies should chill with the branded uniforms mm -hmm. obviously it's not a major part of clothes waste but very often you'll be walking through a thrift store and you find i don't know what kind of store would have it, like Foot Locker shirt and it's like no one's gonna wear this because it says footlocker in massive letters and no that's obviously a good point i'm sure it contributes a bit to waste yeah, bit. like uniforms that are yeah branded because i like scrubs i've always liked scrubs as a thing it's just like a thing that only doctors and nurses wear yeah but it's also not branded yeah like the rock climbing gym everyone has the brand on their patagonia fleece right and it's like then if they quit they're exactly. not gonna it's keep gonna wearing it out. they're gonna point. donate it and no one's gonna buy it yeah 
And then my final idea was some kind of app where you can scan the garments and it will tell you the composition of it. Mm -hmm. Like in, in Plankton's lab where you walk through and it's like, Plankton. 50% evil. Yeah, it's like, I, no, what does it say for Plankton? Something. It's like, I think it's like 99% evil, 1% hot air or something like that. <laughs> but anyway, some kind of, oh, we don't have this. It's 2023. We should have yeah. some Jetsons tech in the iPhone that you can scan the clothes. And it's mm -hmm. like, tells you the percentage of the things. And also, maybe it tells you for stains. Like, because of this, here's what you should do mm -hmm. for the stains. Yeah. And also, like, this sounds like some AI thing. Like, so this like, would be a, a good, use, good use for once. Yeah, for good <laughs> use. And, um, and also, it will tell you what will happen. Like, what are the kind of options for how what you can do with it once you're finished with the shirt, kind mm -hmm. of. I've bought coffee beans that you can scan the bag and it tells you where they came from. Yeah, something like but that. That's kind of simple, but it's like, yeah. It's very basic. Yeah, I think that's everything for today's episode. We talked about how to take care of the clothes in the sewer scene. And also, we kind of pontificated about end of life in the sewer scene, even if that language is maybe reinforcing a certain uncircularity which is not the healthiest what's your favorite thing that you've ever thrifted let's end on that oh aaron item of clothing it's like choosing my favorite child <laughs> i really like the two-piece suit that i recently got it's wool silk lined Ooh. made in canada very very posh and i got it for like 30 bucks it's vintage i wore it a couple weeks ago so if you want to see it you can go back it's all when i'm wearing all one oh, it was color. on the episode yeah yeah, we're on YouTube. If you're just listening, so listen podcasts on YouTube. Yeah, and thanks everyone who already subscribed. We love you. I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> have a nice day.